The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he said to his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said in reply, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said to him in reply, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father. And so I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly ordered his disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Some people assume that uh, priests are just kind of born out of the womb this way, you know, or priests, you know, just born that, born that way. And so myself, Father Ed, Father Dennis, you know, we just always, always have been priests. Uh, well, of course, that's not the case, right? Of course, we're human beings who have a history and uh, have a past as well. Um, and a, a little bit about myself is, is I wasn't exactly that priestly when I was a kid, uh, one of my f- first memories of Mass was, uh, in fact, uh, re- I knew communion time, because I knew this is my first memory of people leaving the pew and going up and then coming back. And I knew that point in Mass because I didn't understand anything else. And I knew, and that was a good point in Mass, because I knew it, Mass was at least halfway over. I didn't know how much, but I was like, I can, I can survive for a little bit longer uh, and make it through. Now, I went to a, a good, uh, or I, I grew up in a good Catholic family, went to Mass every single Sunday, went to Catholic school, got confirmed, uh, but yet still didn't understand it, didn't necessarily understand Catholicism, didn't know why, what Mass was, really what the Eucharist was, really what the teachings of the Church was, or why it taught certain things, or you know, why it really mattered. Um, but I did, thankfully, come out of that all having at least a firm faith that there was a God. I uh, didn't quite understand how Catholicism fit in with that exactly, but I knew that this world didn't really make sense outside of there being a God. And so I was, uh, you know, and so I, I believed in that. And I knew that there was some connection between Mass and belief in God, but. I couldn't exactly tell you why or how, but I knew that there was something there. After high school, uh, as many of you know, I got to go to the U.S. Naval Academy in Annapolis. And, and so as you start out there, you kind of go through a type of boot camp. Now, it's not boot camp, boot camp. It's called plebe summer. It's a lot of the same things. And I have quite a few cousins who've gone into the military as well as other people, you know, as I was preparing for that. And there was a common theme that a few, quite a few people told me, which was on Sunday go to church. Go to as many church services as you can because you get out of stuff. And I was like, all right, sounds, sounds good enough. So I didn't have a commitment to go to church 
when, when I went off to college, you know, um, my parents weren't going to force me to. I was a thousand miles away from my parents. But in my selfishness, I was like, well, I'm going to go to church because I get out of stuff. And maybe even people treat you nice and they give you donuts. And I'm like, well, that's better than what I otherwise get during boot camp. And so the first Sunday, you know, they were trying to see who were going to the different services. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to Mass. I'm, you know, Catholic, going to Mass. And went, um, but I was tricked. I actually, plebe summer was a little bit different than boot camp. And boot camp maybe have changed a little bit as well. Now I'm not exactly sure. But I didn't get out of anything. In fact, everybody has Sunday morning off, specifically in, in this training. And so, in fact, I lost free time. The little tiny bit of free time that I had during this plebe summer uh, to be able to write letters, to be able to help study, to, to do laundry and stuff. And I lost it to go to Mass. And I was like, well, that's not going to happen again. I'm going to be smarter than that. And so the next Sunday, when they were signing up for pe- people to go to the different services... I knew I didn't want to say no to God because I knew that there was some connection between mass and going to, you know, belief in God and mass, but I didn't understand what. So I didn't want to say no, but I also wasn't going to say yes. So I was just going to not say yes. And, 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 you know, that, that works out, right? I wasn't going to say no. I was just not going to say yes. Um, if you didn't quite follow that, it doesn't quite work, right? That's a sin of omission, Right. Um, but I thought it worked, you know, I was good enough logic for a freshman. Right. Uh, and, but the problem was, is that I was going to have my Sunday morning off. The problem was, is that there was another guy in my company from Wisconsin as well. So we knew each other. Well, we didn't know each other, but we were both from Wisconsin. So instantly we were close buds. Right. I mean, in the out East and, and he was Catholic as well. So he had gone to mass with me the previous week. So he knew that I was you know, knew who I was and everything else. And so right before everybody's lining up to go to, to, go to services, because he had to line up and then go as a group and whatnot, um, he comes into my room to come and get me because we're going to Mass, right? And I was like, oh, and I can't remember exactly what he said, but something to the effect of like, hey, we're lining up, you coming? Not really asking, but, but asking, right? And all of a sudden I couldn't not say no or yes, right? I was forced to make a decision, either saying yes or no. And praise God that I was able to say, I don't want to go, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go and I, and I went. And it was the start there of being able to say yes, to start to be open to God and starting to actually participate in Mass that God started to work certain things, right? Um, Another thing happened in my life uh, a few months later, after the summer and the school year turned around, one of the things that would always happen is uh, during lunchtime, uh, 4,500 of us would be in the same dining hall, all standing. And one of the great things about the Navy and the military is that they have a great tradition of prayer, of, of, of doing certain things, benediction and, and uh, other things before ceremonies. And so one of the things that the tradition there was everybody was there for lunch and then the chaplain would come in and say a blessing, a prayer before, before lunch. And one of the days it was a Catholic priest who was a chaplain there and he, you know, often get to introduce himself and, you know, say some other things as well. And so one of the things that he said, this was probably in October or November, a few weeks into the year, 
And he just reminded everybody and he said, hey, just to let everybody know, as Catholic, we have a, a daily mass offered at the chapel at 12.15 and the Archbishop has given a dispensation for the hour fast so you can go right after lunch and we'll make sure to get you to class right after. And me and my friend from Wisconsin kind of looked at each other and we're like, yeah, we, we could go to that. And part of, again, it, it wasn't uh, quite the best motivation. Part of the motivation to go was to just get out of the environment. As a freshman, you couldn't do a lot of things. You couldn't ever leave the campus. Well, nobody could really leave the campus. But as freshmen, you especially couldn't leave the campus. And you couldn't take any naps. And you were constantly kind of harassed and kind of uh, overseen by the upperclassmen. And so you never really got a break from everything. But going to the chapel was a little bit of a break. There, the people actually treated you like real human beings, which was nice. And also, people wouldn't yell at you. And so if you closed your eyes and kind of took a nap during the you know, church, they wouldn't exactly you know, yell at you and get you in trouble. And so uh, me and my friends started to go, and it was just a nice break from everything. It wasn't really to go to church. We weren't really, or at least I wasn't, I should say I wasn't, uh, seeking to necessarily pray in a great way, but it was mostly to get away and, and, and often took naps um, and other things. Uh, but one of those days, you know, it's amazing how God works. And so I was walking out one day and, and all of a sudden I noticed that I had a giant grin on my face. Now, as I, I've been kind of saying, there's a lot of pressure on you. And when there's a lot of pressure on you, often you're not exactly the happiest person. I wasn't, I wasn't depressed during that first year, but I certainly wasn't happy-go-lucky, Right. And so I wasn't exactly smiling or, or just walking around saying, oh, my life is great. Uh, no, I was, you know, pretty uh, underneath a lot of pressure. And so I noticed that I was grinning from ear to ear. And I was like, wait, why am I smiling right now? Like, what happened? And I kind of evaluated my life. And I was like, well, I didn't do anything differently this morning. Um, and I'm going to a class that I don't like. So why am I smiling? As soon as I ruled out everything else, it just kind of clicked. I just received Jesus in the Eucharist. Now, again, I, I'd gone to Catholic school. I grew up in a good Catholic family, but I didn't really understand the Eucharist. I wasn't going to Mass to receive the Eucharist. I wasn't going there because I thought Jesus was truly present. It was just to kind of get away. But yet, there was something that just clicked in it. It was just like, there's something more in the Eucharist than what I know. And whatever it is, that's what gave me this moment of joy. And so instead of going maybe twice a week to daily Mass, I started to go every single day. And I even skipped certain obligations, and I was like, I don't care, I'm going to Mass, even if I get in trouble, uh, went anyways. Because I was like, there's something there that I need to survive this place, right? And it's beautiful how God works in those ways. Now, why do I tell you all that? Well... Maybe it's because, as you found out, I'm very selfish and I just want to talk about myself. But uh, there are other reasons as well. I think, you know, it's important for us to realize that we're all growing on this journey and that God wants to move us. Uh, Maybe not every single moment, but there are moments when he moves us to understand him more and what he's doing in our life. But a lot of the times we don't, right? Sometimes just takes showing up a lot of the time. To be able to say, God, I don't understand this, but I'm showing up anyways because I believe, right? Even if I don't always experience it. In the gospel today, 
Jesus first asked, well, what, what do people, who do people say that I am, right? And we've got a lot of actors in the modern world that says who Jesus is, right? Jesus is just a nice guy. He's just a nice prophet. Well, he just, he just wanted everybody to feel good, right? He came here to, to raise up the poor and, and to fix all of the injustices in the world or, or you know, uh, lots of different things of who Jesus is. But that's what the world says. What do you say? Who do you say that Jesus is? Really, Jesus is interested in that question, right? Who do you say that he is? Now, Peter, of course, makes a confession with his lips only after spending a lot of time with Jesus and, as Jesus points out, being receiving that insight from the Heavenly Father. It also is important to note that he doesn't just confess it with his lips. He even fails in his actions, but yet ultimately keeps on trying, right? He denies who Jesus is, but yet he keeps on trying, keeps on going back to him, and ultimately dies for Jesus Christ. And so we see in our own life as well that the confession of Jesus with our lips needs to also be a confession with our lives. A confession of who Jesus is, even if we don't completely understand it, to spend more time with him so that we might know who he is from who he is. Not who other people say that he is, although that's an important aspect because we learn from other people, right? We need to learn from that, but to learn from who Jesus is, from the scriptures, from the church, and from spending time with him. And I am thoroughly convinced in my life that this Mass that we celebrate, uh, the Mass is the most powerful and most important prayer that we can pray. Even though, I'll be honest, I don't experience it every time. A lot of the times when I'm celebrating Mass, I've got to remind myself, okay, this is really important, this is really important, right? I'm doing something really special here. Okay, I'm just, wait, but I've done this so many times, right? I've done it so many times. It's like praying the Our Father. You know, you just pray it and you're like, wait, what did I just say? Well, sometimes those rote memory, those, those things that we go through the motion, right? They can sometimes uh, keep us from engaging into it more, but it should hopefully keep us engaging as we continue to be open to what God is doing in that. Well, what, why am I doing this, right? What am I doing here? What am I choosing to do? And all of you chose to come to Mass here this Sunday. And I just encourage that that is one of the most important things that we do. But it is, of course, not the only thing that we confess in our belief in Jesus Christ. Right? We confess that Jesus Christ is truly present in the Eucharist. Now, you don't have to articulate transubstantiation and be able to say exactly, oh, it's the substance you know, of bread and wine becomes the substance of of Jesus Christ and that Jesus Christ is truly present body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. You know, uh, you don't have to necessarily articulate or even if you're able to articulate it, what, what does that actually mean? But to be able to say, well, there's something on this altar. There's something that happens that, yeah, the world says that that's ordinary bread and wine, but Jesus, I say that you are truly present. You are Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, and that's why I'm following you. That's why I'm here. I don't understand it all. I don't maybe always experience it, but 
but you're present here, and, and I believe, and my actions are going to respond as such. And so we keep on showing up. We keep on showing up, and in that perseverance is a faith, is an action that God is then able to do some work with. Now, I've been, uh, uh, this kind of mass schedule, I'm at St. Joseph's, but I'm also here, and so I've made it different times, and I've been kind of the adoration invitation uh, person, you know, and I've made different appeals for, for adoration, as we always need more people, but also to support those people who are doing adoration. And uh, so we're kind of doing an adoration invitation specifically at St. Joseph's, but I'd also like to make an appeal here as well with this whole connection, right? Sunday Mass is incredibly important, but I think one of the most important things that we do as a cluster parish, par- parishes outside of Sunday Mass is our Adoration Chapel. I can say that the Adoration Chapel is fundamentally, as I look out at the, all the things that the parish does, all the different good things, the Adoration Chapel is consistently the thing that I see in people's lives that transform them to be more committed to Jesus Christ, to be more committed to the church, to know Jesus Christ in a greater way and live it out in every aspect of their life. It's through the Adoration Chapel that an amazing amount of graces flow into our parishes, into our families, and into our communities. And so I'd like to just encourage those who do take an hour of adoration, once again, to to keep on showing up. Keep on saying, you know, maybe it hasn't exactly been the most exciting, but Jesus, I know that you're there. I believe. Or maybe you sub on occasion. And it's, it's difficult for you to make a commitment. I encourage you to, to call up Judy or, or to talk to those who are at the Adoration Chapel and to be able to say, you know what? I'm going to make a commitment of this hour. It's going to be difficult. It's going to, I'm going to lose certain other things, but this is important enough. I believe I'm going to say yes to Jesus Christ as he keeps on knocking at my door and keep on inviting me. Or for those who maybe don't know who what adoration is or you've heard about it or different things, I encourage you to consider showing up. Continuing, you know, and, and so I just like to, you know, kind of like myself where I, I wasn't going to say no to Jesus, but I wasn't going to say yes. You know, I was just going to admit. Well, I'd like to ask you, ask you to consider taking an hour of adoration. Now, there are certain legitimate and good reasons to not be able to. But I would ask you, are those good enough reasons not to? Or are they just excuses are they just reasons? Uh, are we saying yes to Jesus Christ? Or are we just kind of, you know, like, well, it's a little bit difficult. Um, certainly Jesus came so that we might know him, so that we might know of his love for us, and so that we might have a closer relationship with him. And so I just ask you, uh, as Jesus asked, who do you say that I am, uh, to consider responding yes to him and investing more in that relationship that he offers us at this Sunday Mass, but also beautifully in the adoration chapels that we have as a cluster parish.